What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. It's time to get into the weeds with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Buffalo's opponent this weekend, a big game in the AFC. The Bills have their chance to clinch a playoff spot by winning on Sunday. That would get them 10 wins on the season and a berth in the playoffs. Let's get into the nuts and bolts. The game will be played at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, December 15th, 2019 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Heinz Field. The game will be broadcasted on NBC as part of Sunday Night Football. Al Michaels on the play-by-play. Chris Collinsworth is the game analyst. And Michelle Tafoya is on the sidelines. I like NBC's presentation of football games the best. Uh, Strip down the commentating piece of it. Uh, I just feel like their camera angles, the quality of the replays, the promptness of replays, all of those things are very good. I think Al Michaels is tremendous on play-by-play, and I don't really mind Collinsworth. I think he he gets a lot of heat on him for some reason. I think it's just because he happens to be one of the primetime announcers, but I think he does a fine job, um, and he'll do a good job uh, talking about this game. So excited for the presentation of the game on NBC, and I think the commentating crew is very good. Uh, These teams, the Steelers and Bills, have met 25 times previously. Pittsburgh leads the series 16-9. They've had a ton of success recently against the Bills. The the Steelers have won the last six meetings between Buffalo and Pittsburgh and 10 of the last 11. Also, Pittsburgh is wearing their color rush uniforms in which they are 5-0 wearing those uniforms. So, Duck Hodges, their quarterback, is 3-0 as a starter. They're 5-0 with the color rush uniforms, and they're 6-0 in their last six against the Buffalo Bills. So, a lot to... uh, overcome here in, in terms of stuff that honestly does not matter uh, when you think about these teams, but interesting items there to note. Uh, the Bills enter this game, as I stated, they're 9-4, and four, the number five seed in the AFC playoffs. Win and end is the theme here for Buffalo. That'd be the first 10-win season in a real long time, so that'd be fun to uh, get that on the books officially. Pittsburgh is 8-5. and five. They hold the sixth seed in the AFC playoffs Right now, they're tied, but they own the tiebreaker over uh, Tennessee. So they own that sixth seed. So very important uh, for them to win as well um, because they've got Tennessee right on their ass for that number six seed. They're going to have to win some games here to punch their ticket to the postseason. I'm sure they'd love to do that uh, given the injuries this team has sustained at quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, was lost early in the season for the entire year. Stefan Tuitt, one of their best defensive linemen, one of their best players, uh, has been out for the year. I think he played in six games this year. So um, some some big losses on both sides of the ball. Um, and so especially at quarterback, for them to find some rhythm defensively and and piece together the offense enough to uh, to be in this position is a really good job of coaching by Mike Tomlin. Uh, the Steelers this season started 0-3. They're 8-2 since. They've won three in a row, seven of their last eight. Now, they play a lot of tight games. Uh, the only game of their uh, that they've played since week five that wasn't a one-score game in terms of final score was their loss on Thursday night football at Cleveland. They lost 21-7, but their other scores have been tight. Uh, Arizona on Sunday, 23-17. Cleveland the week before that, 20-13. The Bengals in week 12, 16 to 10. 
the Rams in, in week 10, 17 to 12, a two point win over the Colts in week nine. They beat the Dolphins by, actually, they beat the Dolphins by 14 uh, or 13. So they, they, they took care of business there. But really, if you look over all of their games since week nine, pretty tight games. Um, and so they're not necessarily blowing teams out or anything like that. They're finding some tight wins, which makes sense given their quarterback situation and their reliance on really good defense. The head coach of this football team is Mike Tomlin, 47 years old. He's in his 13th season as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's 133-71-1 for his career record. Never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. They've won six division titles in 13 years, well, 12 full years. So half the time that he's been the head coach going into this year, the team's won the division. They've won two AFC championships, and they won the Super Bowl back in 2008. Mike Tomlin Tomlin is a defensive-minded coach, and his defenses have always been very good in Pittsburgh. Uh, In his 13 seasons, uh, he's had 10 10 top 10 defenses, 9 in the top 5, and 5 in the top 2. So just always very good on defense. Uh, they've, uh, he's had 77 challenges for his career. He's won 34 of them. So a decent job there on challenges and just kind of looking at his full resume again, the last 13 seasons as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers pre- previous to that, he was the Vikings defensive coordinator in 2016. He was the Buccaneers defensive backs coach from 2001 to 2005. So he's a, a Tony Dungy disciple there. And prior to that, he was a college assistant from 1995 to 2000 at VMI Memphis, Arkansas State, and Cincinnati. One thing you're going to learn about the coordinators that Pittsburgh has, in addition to Mike Tomlin, a lot of uh, time spent at Memphis and Arkansas State. So you can see how some of those connections form, and now you have um, a coordinator, head coach, trio full of guys that have Spent time together at Memphis and Arkansas State. Quarterback of this football team is not Ben Roethlisberger. It's not Mason Rudolph. It's not Josh Dobbs. It's Duck Hodges, a 23-year-old rookie who is an undrafted free agent from Samford. 6'1", 210 pounds. So this guy, <laughs> nobody drafted him in April. And he's 6'1", 210 pounds, and he's starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This will be his fourth start. He started three games previous to this. He's played in five. The Steelers have won all three of the games started by Duck Hodges. He's attempted a total of 80 passes in the NFL, so very inexperienced player. Um, Now, he's done some good things with those 80 passing attempts. Let's get into some splits. Uh, So far, just overall, he's completing 71% of his passes for 682 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, and a rating of 103.2. He's been sacked six times on the year, which is 7% of his drop back. So he's very sackable uh, when you look at the overall picture there. He's been a good deep passer on passes aimed more than 20 yards down the field. He's 6 of 10 for 234 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a rating of 104.2. So both of his interceptions that he's thrown this year have been on passes targeted more than 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. When he's not pressured, he's been very good. 57 attempts where he's not pressured, completing 81% of those, 10.1 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 111.5. When you get pressure on him, he tanks, big time. 23 attempts, completed 48% of them, uh, 4.7 yards per attempt, and a 76 rating. 
So his pressure versus not pressured splits are very significant. Again, a completion percentage difference of 81 to 48. Yards per attempt go from 10.1 to 4.7, and his passer rating goes from 111.5 to 76. If there ever was a week where you need to go after that passer like hell, it's this week and really take it to Duck Hodges and, and force him to be under duress for the entire game. If Duck Hodges hits, throws, and beats you, then I think that's something you live with, but you cannot let him just sit back there and, and get comfortable. And the Bills have done a good job with pressure throughout the course of the year, so I don't anticipate this be the, being the week they take a nap with pressure, but you can see the stark difference in his performance when pressured versus not pressured. Uh, one thing I will say about him, or more information I'll present to you about him that's important, is that Duck Hodges has been exceptional when he's been blitzed this year. 31 times he's been blitzed this year, 74.2% completions, 9.5 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 124.9. So teams have looked at him and said, hey, we need to blitz like hell and send pressure at him like hell. But the offensive line in Pittsburgh is very good. They've been together for a long time. They pick up the blitz very well. And Doug Hodges has done a good job of, of surveying the football and getting it out to the spots he needs to when he's been pressured. So give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but when you can get pressure on him, meaning you blitz and it pressures him, or you you get organic pressure with four rushers, you, know, you can have a, a big impact on his performance. So it's not just blitzing. He's just a fine passer when he's blitzed. It's getting actual pressure. Uh, he's very frequent play-action passer. 18% of his attempts are play-action passes. That's a rating of 104.7 when he executes a play-action pass. He gets the ball out on average 2.62 seconds, uh, which is faster than Josh Allen. Josh Allen is around 2.7 and his splits getting the football out in two and a half seconds or you know over or under two and a half, he's 50-50. So half the time he gets it out in two and a half seconds or less, half the time he gets the ball out in two and a half seconds or more. And his splits are very similar. So there's nothing, nothing in his splits that say when he holds on to the football, he's significantly less effective or more effective. He's pretty much the same regardless of the amount of time he holds on to the football before throwing it. So there it is. There's Duck Hodges, this 23-year-old undrafted free agent starting his fourth game against a really good Bills defense. He's had some success. I don't think he's been asked to do a ton. I think the big thing for him is understanding that they have a very good defense, not putting the ball in harm's way, uh, making some plays, right? I mean, he's 10 of his 80 passing attempts have been beyond 20 yards. He's completed 60% of those. So he's he's had some success. It's not like he's not been a meaningful piece of why Pittsburgh's been able to win some games. But if you, you have to go after him, you 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 can't, you know, you need to respect him, but you also have to understand who he is and uh, uh, make sure that he's not comfortable in any way, shape, or form uh, playing quarterback on Sunday. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and use promo code locked on NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from locked on sponsors at locked on podcast.com slash offers. All right. We've talked about Mike Tomlin. We've talked about Duck Hodges. Let's talk about the rest of this football team, starting with the offense. The offensive coordinator is Randy Fickner, 56 years old. 
He's in his second season as uh, offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Prior to being the OC in Pittsburgh, he was the quarterback's coach for a long, long time, from 2010 to 2017, and the wide receiver's coach in Pittsburgh from 2007 to 2008. So he's been with the organization since 2007 and just now is getting his chance uh, for the second year to be the offensive coordinator. Prior to his time in Pittsburgh, he was a college assistant from 1986 to 2006 at Michigan, USC, UNLV, Memphis, Purdue, and Arkansas State. The Pittsburgh offense this year has not been that good. Uh, 19.9 points per game, that's 23rd in the league. They convert 34.6% of their third downs, that's 25th in the league. Their red zone touchdown scoring percentage is 34.3, that is dead last 32nd. They average 298 total yards per game, that is 28th in the league. They average 95 rushing yards per game, which is 24th in the league, and they average 195 passing yards per game, which is 31st in the league. Again, a lot of turnover on this offense throughout the course of the year. Injuries have been a big problem. Uh, Again, Doug Hodges, their third quarterback. Uh, Receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster has been injured a bunch this year. They've had injuries at running back with James Conner and Jalen Samuels. Vance McDonald at tight end has been banged up, so they've had a lot of injuries to their skill players. Uh, that has really made it difficult to establish some consistency with their offense. And so um, I don't expect much from this unit, but the offensive line is really the story of what makes them very good. But before we talk about the offensive line, let's talk about their their weapons. Um, the receivers, the, the guy they're targeting the most this year is Deontay Johnson. He's a rookie, uh, 63 targets this year. He's, he's getting better as the season goes along. Uh, he's a very shifty route runner, great footwork, really knows how to uncover quickly and, and be a true route salesman. Uh, not the most dynamic in terms of size and athletic ability, but he's very quick uh, and he knows how to get open and he's getting better as the season moves along. I think he had his best game last week against Arizona. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's been targeted 58 times this year. Uh, he's been banged up. He's not been nearly the player we've seen in his first two seasons in the league, but uh, he's still a dynamic weapon, one that is very capable of, of really um, winning in a, in a physical way with good route running and good ball skills. Uh, but he has not been consistent this year, and he's going to, uh, for them, they're hoping he comes back from injury this week. James Washington is a second year pro for them. Uh, vertical threat, he averages 18 yards per catch. He's very inconsistent, but a potent, deep weapon that. They, they like to take some shots, too. So those are their top three receivers. Deion Kane is a guy they added uh, recently uh, who came over from the Colts uh, who has who has made a bit of an impact. So he could be one of those guys that um, is a bit of a sleeper in this game that could make an impact that isn't quite the household name. Uh, so their top receivers that they go after, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then keep an eye on Deion Kane. Uh, tight end is Vance McDonald. He's very physical. He's explosive. He's physical after the catch. He does have his uh, his share of drops from time to time. In a lot of ways, he's reminiscent of Dawson Knox, um, and uh, I think he has the potential to make an impact in this football game. Their running backs, they throw to these running backs a decent amount, especially Jalen Samuels. They've targeted him 47 times this year. James Conner has been targeted 33 times. So they will throw the ball to those guys out of the backfield. Those are their ideal lead two backs. 
Uh, they, they get a lot of different running backs involved throughout the course of the year, partly because of injuries. They love for James Conner to be their bell cow back, who is really physical, uh, really challenges, challenges you with pad level and leg drive. Uh, but he's been banged up this year, and he's kind of had he's had his share of injuries uh, throughout the course of his football career, and this year hasn't been any different. Uh, Benny Snell is a rookie from Kentucky. Uh, that's a big physical back. Jalen Samuels, um, he's a, a Swiss Army knife. He catches the football, but he's a physical runner as well. And Trey Edmonds is a big runner. So they have this style there about them with James Conner, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, Trey Edmonds, big physical downhill bruising type running backs. That's what they want to present you with is that physical, uh, those physical runners. And so um, none of them are overly dynamic athletes, but they're physical, powerful, and they really are competitive runners. Now the X factor in the backfield to me is Kareth White. He's a rookie out of Florida Atlantic. He has 4-3 speed. He was uh, Devin Singletary's backfield mate at Florida Atlantic, and um, he's a tremendous athlete who's provided a bit of a spark here recently. He hasn't had a ton of opportunities, but when he's gotten chances, he looks really dynamic, especially compared to some of the other running backs that Pittsburgh has that don't really present that elusive, explosive type option out of the backfield that Kareth White uh, does. So I'm not sure how big of a role he'll have, but he's gotten a few touches lately, mostly because of injuries, but he's the guy with the speed that you you get nervous about that has that home run ability. Um, So they, you know, you can expect the physical run game. Uh, I'm sure they're going to take a few shots through the play action game. Um, but you know, the reality is this is, this is manageable offensive personnel, uh, weapons quarterback. This is, this is probably a below average, um, set of guys, especially because James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't quite been themselves. If those guys were the players they were last year, Combined with these other players, you, you could, you know, this is this is a lot to deal with. But uh, I think the reality is, I, I'm not sure Connor and Smith Schuster have been the players uh, we've seen in previous years, and and I think that this is a very manageable offensive skill set for the Bills to deal with. Now, this offensive line is a really good group, an experienced group. They've been together for a while, um, and uh, they're, they're they do a good job collectively. Their left tackle, Alejandro Villanueva. Ramon Foster, their left guard, Marquise Pouncey, the center, David DeCastro, their right guard, Matt Filer, their right tackle. Um, Villanueva and Foster are not playing quite to the level they were in previous years. Again, I think that comes from some of the stuff I talked about yesterday on the crossover preview that uh, there's been a lot of inconsistency around them, and I think that makes it challenging for the offensive line. Even Marquise Pouncey is probably having his worst year as a pro. On the right side, David Castro, David DeCastro is one of the best offensive linemen in football, all pro type player. And Matt Filer, I think, has been a quality right tackle for them. So uh, good players at every position. I think uh, potentially dominant players in Pouncey and DeCastro. And I think their best guy this year has been DeCastro. So very experienced offensive line that's played together for a long time. No real wink, no real weak links anywhere across the board there. Um, so uh, the Bills will have to – they'll have a lot on their plate in terms of winning one-on-one matchups up, up front against really good blockers. So uh, the Bills are talented on their defensive line as well. So it, it's not – you know, this isn't an impossible group to beat. You know, uh, Hodges has been sacked on 7% of his dropbacks. So he, he can – you can get to him. 
Uh, but this is a really good wall that he has in front of them, and they've got some good pass-blocking backs as well. Shifting gears now to the defensive side of the football, their defensive coordinator is Keith Butler, 63 years old. He's in his fifth season as the defensive coordinator for the Steelers. They've had a top-five unit each of the last three years, and they are known for getting sacks. A really, really good pass rush team here. Uh, he was, pri- pre- previous to being the defensive coordinator for Pittsburgh, he was a linebackers coach in Pittsburgh for a very long time, from 2003 to 2014. And I think you can think in your mind of uh, over that span of time and really consider a lot of really good linebackers that have played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Keith Butler's been coaching them all. Uh, he pro- Previous to being the linebackers coach in, in Pittsburgh from 2003 to 2014, He was the linebackers coach for the Cleveland Browns from 99 to 2002. Previous to that, a college assistant at Memphis and Arkansas State from 1990 to 1998. The Steelers unit this year has been outstanding. They're allowing 18 points per game, which is sixth in the league, 47 sacks. That's the most in the league, 33 takeaways, the most in the league, 311 yards per game. That's fifth, 120, or excuse me, 102 Rushing yards per game, that is ninth. And 210 passing yards per game, that is fifth. So sacks, takeaways, tough to score on, tough to move the ball on. It's a very, very, very good unit. Let's talk about this Steelers defensive personnel. It's really good. They've got 10 previous first-round picks. The Bills have eight. Pittsburgh has 10, and they're playing really good ball uh, together this year. Good personnel all over the place. Defensive line, the guys with their hand in the dirt, there's going to be three of them. Uh, Casey Hayward, who's one of the best uh, defensive linemen in football. He's explosive. He's physical. He's good hand technique. He's going to be a problem to deal with. Javon Hargrave is their nose. He's a he's a, he's a a tank, man. He's not that he's the biggest defensive tackle, but he is, uh, he is really thick, and uh, he's tough to move, and he's got a lot of athleticism for his size. He's the guy that will be playing over center. And Tyson Alualu, who's a uh, you know, perfect 3-4 defensive end, uh, former first-round pick of the Jaguars. Um, not that he's overly dynamic in terms of how explosive he is, but he's a rock-solid run defender that's tough to move, and he uh, stays in his rush lanes and really, help, really helps condense the pocket so that their really dynamic edge rushers can get home. Uh, and so f- physical, stout, technically refined defensive tackles or defensive linemen and the two main guys up front, Hayward and Hargrave, are both exceptional football players. Uh, you'll see a little bit of Isaiah Bugs. You'll see a little bit of Daniel McCullers. Uh, but their their main guys with their hand in the dirt is Hayward, Hargrave, and Alulu. Uh, their edge rushers, outstanding. I think T.J. Watt is one of the leaders for Defensive Player of the Year this year. He's got 12 and a half sacks, six pass breakups, two interceptions, five forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries. Uh, he's good in space, and he's a dynamic pass rusher, uh, very athletic, uh, very flexible to really corner, heavy hands, physical, speed, uh, burst. He's got it all. He's he's the total package, one of the premier defensive playmakers in all of football. A total steal they got there in the first round a couple years back. Uh, his running mate is Bud Dupree. He's having a career year in a, in a breakout season, a contract year for him. Nine and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Uh, so, I mean, you've get, you know, they're going to have a ton of production. I mean, across those two guys, you've got, you know, over 20 sacks. You've got nine forced fumbles and, and five fumble recoveries, two interceptions. I mean, 
dynamic playmakers uh, as their 3-4 outside linebacker rush ends Watt and Dupree. Dupree has a lot of beer, a lot of speed, a lot of burst, a really, really, um, really juiced up guy. Got, got a lot, of, a lot of juice to him. Uh, so the Bills' offensive tackles will have their hands full with those two guys. And so when you think about the the power and physicality they offer with their down linemen, and then you have that speed off the edge and Watt and Dupree, you got you got the best pass rushing team in football. You know, like I already mentioned, forty seven sacks on the year that leads the league. I think they were first in the league last year as well. They've uh, they've really improved their linebacker situation. Um, obviously, the very unfortunate injury to Ryan Shazier a couple years ago has left a big hole on the second level of the defense. Uh, Vince Williams has been the mainstay there. He's uh, the downhill thumper. Early downs, he, he comes and attacks downhill and, and defends the run. And then their space players are, are their, you know, Mark Barron, who's a converted safety, who has been has actually struggled quite a bit this year in coverage, but he plays a lot in in situations where they want more speed and range, and they'll take out Vince Williams. But then the other guys, Devin Bush, their uh, first round pick, they traded up uh, to number ten overall with the Denver Broncos to get him. I think he's he's a lot like Tremaine Edmonds last year, where you see some splashy stuff, you see some really dynamic plays. He's very athletic. He has he can cover a lot of ground. Uh, but you know, st- still getting the mental side of the game down. But he's extremely physical. He's one of those guys that will stick his face in a fan and like it. You know, him coming downhill and addressing contact. He has a true alpha mentality about him. He brings the fight, and he's got good good speed and range. And so, like we talked about a bit yesterday with the crossover episode, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they have him do. I'm sure a lot of his role will be, you know, accounting for Devin Singletary, accounting for Josh Allen, and um, those will be some some good matchups in terms of good athletes and, um, you know, guys with, uh, with big roles to fill on Sunday. So anxious to see how Devin Bush fares against the bills. Their cornerback secondary situation has really improved this year. The defense has been good in Pittsburgh every year, but the coverage blunders have really been difficult for them to overcome. Artie Burns played a lot of snaps for this team in previous years. And he just, I mean, he struggled a lot. He's a former first round pick of them in 2016 and, and he's never really developed and um, he's been a ba- major liability for them. Now the reality is he doesn't have to play anymore. They don't, they don't need him because they've upgraded at cornerback. They signed Steven Nelson from the Kansas city chiefs. Who's having a really good year. And Joe Hayden uh, is having a really outstanding year. I think he's only given up like a passer rating of 65 against his, his coverage this year. So a couple of really good experienced veteran uh, cornerbacks that are having good years. Um, Joe Hayden has 15 pass breakups and four interceptions this year. So he's he's had a really, really good bounce back year after a co- some down years. I think he's had some injuries and stuff, but he's playing good, good ball this year. Uh, their slot corner is Mike Hilton, who's a quality player, and they're also sprinkling in Cam Sutton, uh, former draft pick, I think a third-round pick of theirs a few years ago. Um, they've, they've tasked him with a lot of different roles, Feels like he's playing this hybrid safety nickel corner role. I think he's having his best season of his career, uh, former Tennessee volunteer, and he's coming into his own as they've kind of shored up some things around him. At safety, Terrell Edmonds, which is Tremaine Edmonds' brother, is their starting uh, one of their starting safeties. He's a, a really, I mean, he's dynamic ath- athletically, just like Tremaine. Uh, he's physical. He can do some things in man coverage. His ball skills have been a problem. Uh, so if you can get him isolated down the field. Um, you know, he's had some issues playing the ball, but uh, he hasn't been really 
taken advantage of too often this year, and he's a great athlete and a physical tackler. And then Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, he's come over from Miami. They traded their first-round pick in 2020 for him, and he's been amazing for them. Five interceptions, uh, playing a true free safety role, lurking in the middle of the field, serving as a center fielder. He tackles, but it's what he does uh, playing over top of coverage that has really been the missing link that kind of tied this defense together and I think made it one of the best in football. So uh, I think you got to get the quick passing game going a little bit here. I think you, you know, they're, they're, they're a good defense in the perimeter on defense, but I think you can you can attack them with some speed, and that can give them some problems. Uh, but the reality is this pass rush is really good. They take away the football, so you've got to be careful with it and and not put your team in bad situations. And um, uh, you know probably probably get get the run game going a little bit and try to get some play action going. Uh, but if you have a wrinkle or two here to kind of soften this defense up. up and uh, show them some tendency breakers, I think that's going to go a long way because they're very talented, they're well-coached, and uh, they're playing really well together. they got a lot of confidence, and I think I think that's something that happens when you start getting to the quarterback so much, when you start taking away the, f- the football so much. I mean, 33 takeaways in 13 games, 47 sacks, I mean, that's unbelievable. And they have that edge and they have that confidence about them because they've been so successful here, especially lately. So, you know, you have to – Try to see if you can get them thinking a little bit. And so if there's some wrinkles to to put in this week, some tendency breakers, um, it'd be good good opportunity to break some of that stuff out and uh, see if you can, you can get some big chunk plays against a really outstanding defense. Uh, in terms of special teams, um, it's a good group. Chris Boswell is an excellent kicker. He's been the starting kicker for the Steelers since 2015. Uh, he's making 93% of his field goals this year. He's 8 of 11 all-time in his career beyond 50, so he's got a big leg and an accurate big leg. He hasn't missed an extra point this year. He's made over 90% of his field goals in three of five seasons. He struggled last year, but he was injured, and he's bounced back wonderfully this year with 90% of his field goals made. Uh, Their punter is Jordan Berry, who's been their punter since 2015. Uh, He's been very uh, um, consistent. I think he's having his best year of, of his career so far. He's getting 41 uh, yards net average per punt. So that's a very good number. Their kick returner is Kareth White, who's the running back I told you about from Ford Atlantic. 4-3 speed. He hasn't really uh, broken one this year. I think he's only averaging about 18.5 yards per return, but he's got that speed. So, you know, to me, I don't I don't want to mess with it because 4-3 is 4-3. And so if he can find some space, you know, it's going to be tough to get him down. And then Deontay Johnson is their punt returner, the rookie from Toledo. Um He's having a good year returning punts. He's housed one already this year, uh, so you don't really need to give him any chances either. He's very elusive and slippery and tight quarters with that footwork that he has. So um, it's not the week to mess around and um, not take care of business in the in the in terms of covering kicks and punts. I think Pittsburgh overall does a really good job in terms of average starting field position, and I think it's a testament to really good punter and a really good punt returner. So. Um, they're a sound team when it comes to special teams. So good football team, really good in the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Their defensive talent overall is really good. Offensively, they've really struggled to find some consistency because of the injuries at literally all of their offensive skill positions, but a very good offensive line and a team that's going to get back most likely James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, which is going to be a big boost 
for the unit. Um, obviously not a lot of time on task when it comes to consistency with Doug Hodges. And so you like your chances with a really strong Buffalo defense going up against Pittsburgh. So there you have it. There's your, your comprehensive primer on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, big game, big opponent, uh, meaningful one, and I'm looking forward to this game. I, th- I, I have a quiet confidence about it. I think this Bills team is going to respond very nicely, and I'll offer you my game predictions tomorrow. So make sure you don't miss that. I'll also clean up any leftover thoughts. We'll talk to Kyle Trimble with Banged Up Bills on the injury front to find out if there's anything going on there. And um, looking for, I really am. I think this is one of the games I've been looking forward to uh, this season uh, the most. And now that it's Sunday night football, uh, the Bills have a chance to get win number 10, a chance to clinch the playoffs. All of that stuff is is very exciting uh, for me and I'm sure for you as well. So we're going to talk about it all here on this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. If you like the pod, a five-star rating and review is very helpful. And uh, if you share the pod, that's also very helpful. So tell a friend. If you see me uh, posted on social media, retweeted, all that stuff is, is very helpful. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again for you tomorrow.